Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today I've got Matt Chill on. Matt is a photographer, videographer, longtime friend of mine. Matt, how are you going today? Good, bud. That's how good. you doing? Very well, thank you. So um, let's probably start off with, just tell us a little bit of background about yourself and how you got into where you are now. Sweet. Thanks for having me, Maywa. <laughs> it's good to be on and good to see like-minded friends and creatives doing things like this on the side. Um, I think that's one thing we've had in common in our journey, uh, in our young career and as friends, is having a side hustle as well as our main career goals. Um, for me, photography began in high school. Uh, I purchased my first camera in about grade nine. I was quite privileged to go to Brisbane Boys College starting in grade 10. My, both my parents are teachers and so they couldn't quite afford the full um, you know, primary junior school lead up. So I was at Northside Christian College on the north side until grade nine. And then, yeah, grade 10 saw me move to BBC. And that's sort of where my passion for the creative arts in general started. I was really into theatre, did a lot of theatre growing up in Brisbane, Brisbane Junior Theatre and um, drama. And being in front of the camera actually led to my passion of the production side behind the camera. That's interesting because I never actually knew that you did theatre work. Yeah, I don't really talk about it much. But Are you a theatre nerd? A little bit. <laughs> I did a lot of theatre sports, um, was the captain of theatre at BBC and yeah, it was, was part of a lot of productions growing up. Cool. So when did you go from doing theatre to deciding to pick up a camera? Was that last year of school or in the middle of that? Or I actually remember a casting, because I did a bit of commercials, like casting commercials, and a little bit of modelling, but I preferred the video side of things. And I just didn't, didn't enjoy that industry as much. And I remember going to a casting um, for Ego. Yeah. And I'm sure you've heard of it. And I just loved the director that was directing this. It was for a wet and wild shoot and I didn't get many castings so I just didn't feel it was my like know, a calling or whatever yeah my, yeah my avenue and it's relative though because I feel there's definitely an importance of all the crafts and all the hats involved in specific creative fields so for example in photography and, and video production design graphic design graphics and illustration yeah um yeah acting they're all really important music understanding music and audio all those align with the industry so yeah and that's one thing that uni definitely does help you with because you do dabble in a bit of everything so you do get a bit of experience in everything which yeah. definitely comes into play at, at different points yeah it. cool cool i guess we'll get into sort of how you find the photography and the videography scene mix in with all the general arts a little bit later on but you're South African born? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's it. My, my boot, is that you say it? <laughs> On my heart, brother. On your heart, yeah. Nice tattoo. <laughs> it's it's so sick to... Um, obviously, we've always had that in common talking about what goes on in Africa and things like that. But yeah. um, how do you find... Obviously, do you have any family who also do similar to what you're doing? Actually, I do. On my recent trip back to Cape Town for my cousin's wedding, I got to know my cousins a lot more over there. Yeah. Because the last time I went over... I was 16 and I'm 24 now, so it'd been a while. And my cousins over there are similar age. So one's a fashion designer, her name's Justine, and she dives into a lot of sustainable fashion and designs. Other um, cousin's a dancer, mm. which is really cool. And I, and I love that 
avenue, especially in film. Yeah. Uh, it, can, it can definitely tell a story through contemporary dancing mm-hmm. and all forms. Um, but yeah, so that was really interesting. Also, my cousin Josh, he's in the same field as me. Yeah. So he's a couple of years young. He's 20. He's currently in the States doing a music tour with, on this, um, with this artist. Yeah, it's really cool. So he's been um, definitely a, a side side friend and, and colleague of mine as well as blood. So it's been really cool to have yeah. a family relative. What about in your immediate family? Do immediate you know? family. So my brother, David, who's two years above me. You know Dave? I know Dave. And um, my little sister, Emma. They're more, definitely more... Um, on the left side of the brain, yeah, okay. More analytical. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Analytical side. So they, um, David's a solicitor. Yeah, he's a lawyer, but he had his years right. So he went into creative industries out of school. He modelled for a bit, didn't he? He's a model. Yeah, yeah. he's trying to get rid of um, all those modelling pictures <laughs> off the off the, the dark web. <laughs> but um, no, so he did a bit of that, and he definitely moved into potentially marketing that area. Didn't find it was his calling, mm-hmm. and he went into law. Um, my little sister's looking to go into nursing. So, and your parents are teachers as parents well. Parents are teachers. So but obviously, you're floating around as this one creative sort of center in between a family of very analytical people. That's right. However, mum, I'd say dad's definitely on that analytical side as well. But my creative traits come directly from my mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're very close. Um, and because of that, you know, we share a great relationship. We yeah. also clash too. Um, but that's just because... We all, you all do with Creative people food. you love the most, right? And that's the side that your cousin Josh is on as well. Yes. So there's probably like a gene somewhere in your family. Probably, from yeah. From your mum's side. I'd say so, yeah. It's like the late nights, right? Um, emotion, being more sensitive. And I don't think that's anything to be ashamed about. You know, um, I would consider myself more sensitive than your average sort of bloke, right? And uh, Queen Street cowboy. <laughs> and... Yeah, I'm an empath, so I definitely feel emotion a lot more than, than the general average person. And I love that. Um, definitely does come with vulnerability that you've got to be aware of. Um, but yeah, back to my mother. So she is an operatic singer. She actually was a musical director in South Africa. Mm. So she directed some top musicals. She got um, her grade nine in singing and piano. And then after that, she ended up moving into music teaching. And then she came back, uh, she immigrated and went back to it, went back to uni at UQ and she runs a music department at the Northside School nice. on the Northside nice. NCC. So, so she's in that, that field. And you did a bit of theatre in that as well yeah. as a result of that. Yeah. And that is actually pretty cool. So family, bit of creativity, bit of analytical in there. Mm. Um, coming to Brisbane, growing up, start a theatre, decides jump into photography was it photography that you went into first of all or a bit of videography or so yeah both okay. uh a bit of photography was the initial phase so i tell you straight how it happened um grade 10 started grade 10 or into grade 9 i went to jb hi-fi i had my eyes set on this gh5 power shot mm. or G- no, g1x sorry G1X power shot. Yeah. And um, <laughs> anyone who's listening who really knows camera, that'll be <laughs> like non detachable, interchangeable lens. So it was a compact camera. Yeah. Um, I bought that with um, a little LED light to put on the top for those house parties. Rep. The house parties. <laughs> Lit. <laughs> Lit. Lumbra. And um, I got a MacBook Pro. So it was 10 grand. Um, luckily, 10 grand? Yeah. I'd saved up five and then um, I loaned, I borrowed five grand. What, what were you doing to get? five grand at high school 
Man, I've been working since I was 11. Really? Yeah. Da- Dad actually um, signed, like, forged my application for newspaper deliveries when I was 11. Yeah. Because it was illegal to work at 11. You had to be 12 and a half. Those and, damn labor laws. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that doesn't let um, South Africans... <laughs> Are you saying something about South Africans? Right? Oh, man, it doesn't stop South Africans from, from getting their kids to work, that's for sure. No, it's the same with Nigerians as well. We Dude, are. <laughs> and that pocket money, man, like the, the dishes growing up. There's nothing wrong with working hard when, you, when, you, when you're little, as long as it's not affecting your schoolwork, which is something my mum would always say. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so that was paper deliveries, and it was IGA, and then it was um, coffee club, the fruit store, you name it. Just went the fruit market? Nah, it's in Albany Creek. It's oh. back... Back in the, the hood. In the, in the South African Central. <laughs> That's it. Yep. Well, yeah, no, no, Kenmore South African Central. <laughs> but so I saved up five grand. I borrowed five from my rents and I made the purchase. And do they support this or they're like, yeah, 100%. why do you want five grand? Um, they did and they didn't. Like they, they do. They support and they, they are so unconditional with that. Yeah, um, awesome. They've definitely always been the ones to throw questions out, which I think is good because it yeah. keeps you on your toes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can feel threatening, but it is just them looking out for you. But no, they, they, they offered that loan, which is amazing. I paid that back by year 12. So that was great because at the time I didn't have enough income to afford the gear. So got that. And that's when it just began at school. I think I was very fortunate to be in an era where video was really just kicking off. Yeah. Right. You know, you think of different things that kick off in technology, right? I mean, even look at Afterpay. It's like a new thing in the last year or so. Yeah. That was like video. It was videoing... So the house parties were coming through. Yeah, yeah. I remember in year 10... Now, this is 2011. Mm-hmm. It's 2011, 2010. And 2010, I was shooting house parties and no one had seen house party videos. This was like nine years ago. No one had really seen house party videos then. They were the, they were the, it was the revolutional beginning. Mm-hmm. And they were terrible. Don't ever look up Matt Shiel on YouTube and look through. I hope they're not on there anymore. But you're just uh, giving people like literally a reason to go do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <shit. laughs> but yeah, then sporting because sport is my passion. I would yeah. classify sport as one of the top three drives and passions of my life. So mixing that in between in my craft was what allowed me to really excel at school in terms of capturing all of the exciting spirit and sport community at bbc so all the swimming videos rugby basketball you name it i did all the sports every term there was a a hype reel video a highlight reel and i was happy to obviously capture it all put it together and the school loved it it's free promo Mm -hmm. so that is what then got me into video because um photography led into that but then i still did the photography at house parties which Brought in about a hundred dollars a week a party. So you'd like record and film sport during the day, and then go to like the party in the evening. Yeah, so I do all the sporting on the weekends, and you know trainings in the week. Make those videos for the BBC, and then I would photograph the parties. And I'd be doing sometimes two to three a weekend, and I would rock up. Right? What, were you getting paid at this point? Yeah. So this was this was for Metro Mouse. This is when Metro Mouse first started, right? I hate to na- drop names, but yeah, and I remember Metro House. Yeah, who doesn't? And I used to that- look at those parties and be like, "Damn, I yeah. should have been there." <laughs> yeah, not anymore, but yeah, at, at in the, the time, in the in the day for yeah. sure. And I remember I was there when they really started it up, and so yeah, when the venues were a thing, and so I was photographing those, and I'd get dropped off. You know, Dad would drive me to some absolute sticks suburbs and just drop me off. I wouldn't know a single person. I'd just roll on in. I'm the photographer, 
And so, yeah, that's just, and I, and I networked, man. I probably shot in high school about close to a hundred parties from all different parts of Brisbane. So I met so many different people. Yeah. Um, and yeah, from there, it then grew into clubs. Yeah. So, which um, is where I met you originally. Exactly. Yeah. Shout out to Bowler, who are <laughs> yeah, closing. I know. I want to put a post up because I, there was a recent post went up. Yeah. And I was <laughs> tagged in it and I just flicked through all the photos and I'm, I'm seeing my photos come up. Yeah. 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 Took. And the, you know the, that filter, the smoke, smog, smoke. Oh man, look, it, it yeah. was so sad because I like looked at um, when they put up the post originally. Like, you know, the TBC club as it's now known is closing, yeah. and I was just looking at all the people who were tagging people in, and I was just literally like, "Oh, I met this person. I yeah. know this person. I know this person." And it was like all these people that I'd met through like going to this place. Yeah. So now it's sad, and obviously that's why I met you as well. I think I still remember because you came up to me. And you were like, oh, hey, this is, um, I think, I think Benji, somebody was like, this is our new photographer, Matt. Yeah. And I was just like, it was this like long, lanky, blonde guy, like, you know, <laughs> straight out of straight, high school. Straight out of high yeah. school. I was just like, who is this child? This ballet is going yeah. to eat him up. But like, I know, like you held did. your own and you were like just out there just talking to people. And you seem to have like, that you knew how to like talk to people and mm. get them to like be in front of the camera and just like be really comfortable. And then, um, yeah, you even had like that one Christmas where you had your, um, your, your big, your big Christmas jumper, sweater, yeah. your big Christmas sweater. <laughs> yeah, that was that was iconic. It's hot, <laughs> but yeah, that was like the black and white part. I don't remember the party, but I, I yeah. just I love those days because I done hotels. Did you always want to go into club photography, or that just happened? That just Someone... happened. It happened, man. Yeah. Honestly, and to any kids like finishing high school, just network as much as you can. Get to know people, put yourself out there, and you will meet people, and you'll just follow that. It'll just lead into stuff. Um, I think again, I was very fortunate um, from the school I went to. I, was, I then shot hotels when I was 17. So I had an under-18s pass to shoot Oxford 152, like all these hotels, right? And then when I turned 18, um, a friend of my brother's who was um, actually promoting Oh Hello, he was doing the marketing for Oh Hello, got me the job at Bowler. And yeah, from there I did about 14 months, 15 months, Friday and Saturday nights at Bowler. Hectic. And um, I'm not going to name names, but you know, the... <laughs> The, the owners um, would, you know, stumble, find me stumbling, you know, at like 2.30 a.m. I'd see them come up to me and there's the cash, you know, in the, in the top <laughs> pocket of the shirt. And and I often spent that straight away. So I had free access to um, the nightlife. Yeah. I didn't pay for it because I had a bar tab and I had my little so cash what payment. what were you spending the money on? Oh, I'd just be getting that cab and spending a couple more drinks maybe. Like it was generally... Oh, like right away... That night, most not always. I'd probably keep the one fifty and use the other fifty. But yeah, it was pretty much just that. That time was just weekends of doing what everyone else was doing without blowing money, meeting people, and doing my craft at the same That's time. So smart. If you can get paid to do like something fun for free, mm. or yeah, is that what I mean? Yeah, that's what I mean. If well, you can get paid to do something fun, yeah. and save money on it, yeah. Well, that's what it was, it. and and I'm glad you brought that up about interaction because. That is a strength of mine. Like, I loved being around people. So that really helped. And I think from there, it turned into video because I'll never forget Benji actually saying, do you want a video this weekend? I think it was Ninos Vegas and Indian Summer. Yeah. It was a big, oh, that, was, that was an awesome big yeah, night. TK big weekend. was there. TK, and, uh, yeah. And, and, Lido? Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, this was the weekend that um, Indian Summer crowd surfed. And yeah, it was TK. And that's my first time I met TK. And now we're really close. You know, yeah. like if I see her... We catch up, yeah, it's Splendor, and um, yeah, awesome chick, and turned into doing more videos because people loved it, right? And then Young Franco, like, close with close with Joey, went on the tour with him and Alice in Wonderland. 
um, to Melbourne and Sydney. Yeah. So I did that tour, which is really, really, really cool, really eye-opening stuff. You seem to have like really enjoyed it. You started doing warehouse parties and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when Bowl okay. was going through that that phase, right? Yeah. Which no one really knows about these days. Because that's where you know the OGs. That's the OGs. It's the OGs new constant lane. It was just like new warehouse party out in Kangaroo yeah. Point. And DJ Butcher. DJ Butcher. <laughs> the Bowl crew <laughs> and 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 his wife girlfriend. Ah, uh, she's wife now. Yeah, yeah wife. Yeah. Well, yeah, dude. That was that was it, right? And, and there's um, so much name dropping going on right now. I know we shouldn't name drop, should we? <laughs> I mean, if, 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 if it helps the story, yeah, I guess. But um, OGs will understand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then did the tour with Alice in Wonderland. Uh, Alex is sick. It was amazing to be with an artist that I respect a lot mm-hmm. and love her music, and travel around with her. And then I went to Cambodia, which was a really challenging experience for me. I got really sick over there. Why did you go to Cambodia? So I went there on a mission trip right. through Harvest Cambodia to yeah. shoot a documentary uh, for Stepping Stones, which is a school program organization that is in about two hours inland of Siem Reap, where essentially they're just building on schools to develop education and um, yeah, just help the, the local community there, which is, we're talking really, really under, you know, underprivileged, like very impoverished areas. Yeah. Uh, they, they don't have electricity. You know, one boy, I photographed this one boy, his parents had passed and he was looking after his three little sisters. Man, this guy was skin and bone. And it was hard photographing stuff, but I think it was important. And I filmed Such a lot of it. position mm. going from dealing on a, on a club night and dealing with an artist on a tour and then suddenly you're dealing with... Exactly. Sort of confronting stuff. And studying full time. I was... I, I had a burnout. Time, yeah. yeah. I really had a full blown, blown burnout as well as physical challenges. Like I got really sick over there. And from the, from the food I ate, and I just came back, and I was just completely worn. Um, I I ended up stopping the like bowler after that, and taking time off, and I yeah just had to recover from that experience. I think it was hard to adjust back to Western society, you know, being young, not trailing a whole lot at that time, being thrown straight into that deep end. I wasn't quite um, ready for the project, I guess, or just had too much on. So yeah, then after that, I um I got offered. Oh, hello, which I definitely felt a bit disloyal to Bola about, but those ties are, are tied and that's all over. They're just uh, professional <laughs> corporate deals. That's it. <laughs> and so got off to do video there, which was the start of something pretty big for me. Um, so I started shooting all the photo again, being the house club photographer and doing video for all the big shows. I shot Flostradamus, uh, R.L. Grime, What's So Not, Skrillex, Steve Aoki, you know, some of the big, big acts um, at the Tivoli and the Triffid, like all these venues for BBE and, and Oh Hello. And then went on a What's So Not tour, which was really, really cool. Crazy. He's my favourite artist. So, yeah, I was stoked to be with Chris around around Australia. Mm-hmm. And um, that just, again, to like fast forward, that just went off about 18 months of that. And during uni, by the way, I'm still studying at this time. And yeah, then that's when all the big commercial stuff started to happen so my first big commercial contract was in 2015 for Lorna Jane and it was about a three-month project that I got directly through her and did about five films uh, across Brisbane and the Gold Coast worked directly with her uh, and her team and yeah that was a really really life-changing career-changing experience for sure shoot girls in active wear yeah I'm sure that's really life changing. <laughs> okay, wrong choice of words. Career changing. Um, yeah, 
Sounds and good. Yeah, that just, to, to fast forward this now, that just continued to grow my network and I just pushed and pushed and pushed. Of online publication work, magazine work, stylist photography, mm-hmm. a lot of model shoots where I started my own personal brand called Chill Sessions. Yeah. Fashion, a lot of model shoots, yeah. telling stories, writing articles behind it and getting them published. Again, that really drove my audience base and um, engagement and that helped to just expand my network and then continue to grow with commercial and corporate work. So at this point, you are primarily pushing out work to get signs or are you just getting people hitting you up through referrals? Yeah, so I'd say work for them? at that time, so we're in 2015 now, I'd yeah. say it was both, right? So it was all the people that I'd met through my previous work and then through the big contracts, pushing those out in my socials and then doing my creative personal stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm doing. Did you like, have a plan for any of this, or was this just like throw, just to keep throwing content out there? Just continue to yeah. put yourself on a deadline to do one story a week. Story. And you know, I talk about this gap, right? Iris Gold, uh, Iris Grass, sorry. He's a TV personality host in America and a, and a writer, actor, and he talks about this gap in creative work, which essentially explains that most of us, we, we do work. You know, we we love our work, but it doesn't have that thing. It doesn't have that um, that fire, right? Our ambition's yeah. good, and and we love what we do, but the work itself is just not there. And we all go through this. It's this gap that we go through, and we don't know where we're at. And a lot of people quit during that when they just kind of phase out. It's like you hit a wall. Uh, the way to get through that is just to put yourself on that deadline, because by doing a volume of work you'll get through and you will find a new chapter. Was there something that you learned? Because obviously you'd gone to um, Cambodia and then you'd had a bit of a burnout after mm. that. Were you afraid that was going to happen again? Um, at that time, I think I was still a little bit immature right. to mental health. I was not quite aware of its consequences. So I'd say no. I kind of just jumped straight back on yeah. and went full foot to the pedal, right? Yeah. Like I was doing treats every week plus uni plus I was working at Jack London as well that's where my retail life started yeah and my fashion really improved (laughs) so I went into suiting and I loved it man I loved the tailoring as of course you were a big influence of that you're welcome (laughs) going through all that fashion brands was that sort of where you found out that you were enjoying yeah, that so, that particular field exactly. Yeah, and and you there's a saying for this. I can't really. So you'd already left. You'd left behind doing parties, clubs. Were you still doing touring for artists? Mm, I kind of moved out of music a little bit. Yeah, it was still there. Events have never stopped because they fill the gap, or well, they fill the gaps, should I say? And they provide sustainable income, mm-hmm. as well as retail, of course. But I'd say there is a saying for this. But it's pretty much. No, that's good. You know, that's what good. you put out, you will you will receive, right? So it's the same with um, specialization, which I talk about a lot, and the premium brand that you can specialize yourself into. So when I was putting out these publications, getting published by like Sticks and Stones, Last Days, all these, you know, online publications. Yeah, and reputable ones. Hundreds of thousands of, you know, subscribers. So they see the work. By doing the that, you are branding yourself in fashion, so what happened then, especially with Lorna Jane putting that out, I had a lot of fashion designers hit me up to do 
their video lookbook, you know, like their their film for their their whatever whatever it might be, like a collection film, right? New yeah. release. So I was doing a lot of fashion work and then that was that stage. And it was I was loving it. And then that just is there any sort of differentiation between doing film for fashion versus an artist or mm. can you just learn all that at the same time? hundred percent difference, especially in editing. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of moved out of music, went into fashion, kind of moved back out of fashion, not completely, but into music again. And that's when I started doing big music stuff. So a big Sydney agency yeah. were, were booking me for some big things. So I was doing Splendor, Falls, um, you know, the grass is greener, up in Cairns. That's awesome. Yeah, so I did some big festivals. Done the Drop Festival two years in a row, which was a tour around Australia. So that's in partnership with World Surfing League and um, Triple J. And yeah, so I think now I'm, I'm currently out of music again and probably permanently out of music. Uh, yeah. Which is a good spot because I was going to ask you currently, what are you doing? What are you working on? Yeah, so we've made a big jump there, right? So... To fast forward that real quick, from, from there, I graduated uni um, in middle of 2018, and that was a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Film and TV and Media Production. Did you find that it helped your career at all? The way I was brought up was a very academic family. Yeah, so I, I think the, Yeah. So the importance of having qualifications is, is important. It doesn't matter if it's going to specifically give you the full dividend of what you've put into it, right? The fact that you are qualified in that field, you're a professional yeah. on paper. And I think that's important. And I think you do learn a lot of stuff. You learn what you don't want to do. My degree was very focused into TV, studio network stuff, and movie making. Is that because that's where most of the people who do your degree are going to end up? Yes. So all the guys you see on the Segways shooting Fox and all the studio, Channel 10, camera guys, all that ABC, they're all from the breed of my degree um and obviously in movie making as well what i'm doing is definitely a more new age thing and i'm sure institutions will come out with potentially a shorter course for video production and videography uh, as opposed to film but in a nutshell it was good i learned what i didn't want to do and i learned where i wanted to be um I muddled it up a little bit by doing it over four and a half years as opposed to three. So I kind of crossed in between three cohorts. Um, so people-wise, didn't make too many friends, but I was that... But you were out there like actually doing the work. That's right. You know, that where is... I, I, like just from my point of view, I think you were probably doing more than what all those other people were doing outside of just uni. To me, uni's always just... And I always say this all the time, it's just... It's, it's a great place to be in, but half the time, people that go to uni, go to uni so they don't seem as if they're not doing anything with their exactly. lives. Meanwhile, I would say that you were probably actually out there practicing what you were learning yeah. and probably learning even more than you would be in the classroom. That's right. And, and I can't speak for others, but yeah, I was prioritizing my work over uni. I was that annoying student. I got all right grades, but I you didn't see me at uni much. Did you ask questions like, actually, if you use this camera over no. this sort of filter? Definitely not. No, you weren't no. that person? No, okay. I wasn't there. <laughs> I was like, a, not, not even there at all. I was that annoying student who didn't didn't really go to, the, you know, I went to the, the necessary shoots, but lectures, I focused my priority on the work. 
Well, and then of course I was at Jack London too. Yeah. So here you have this, this metric, right? You're at a young age, you're still really social with your friends who now I'd say probably three quarters of are out of Brisbane. You're at uni, you're working, I was working at Jack London retail mm-hmm. and then balancing it all together and all my other work. Yeah. So if one of those three was dropping down, it didn't matter because the other two would just be up. And if, you know, so in that respect, it was really um, secure, I'd say. And um, that's what changed after graduating. And I know other creators who have experienced the same feeling of pressure, expectation and responsibility once you graduate. Um, so sort of towards in my university degree, I um, left Jack London, got a job at MJ Bale, mm-hmm. where I worked for 18 months. And I'm just back with them now again, which yeah. I'll go into. Uh, but that was a great interim as well. It's very good for my consistent income. And while my work wasn't at an all-time level of of, um, of bookings and busyness, I was working at MJ. And I'm an honest person. Like I'll admit, you know, I've had ebbs and flows, of course, like all businesses. And some months, you know, hardly any bookings. Okay. And so the MJ Bell job in retail was really good to have that steady income so yeah jumping back into where i was going with the commercial stuff that led to a lot of brand work um one of my biggest tvc commercials was a bit of tvc projects was for converse the australian and new zealand campaign yeah i really love that thanks awesome yeah, well, Simon Kim needs to be shouted out there. Cause, oh, awesome. Yeah. Shout out Simon. Big colleague of mine and um, big friend, good good long-time friend now. So he's absolutely smashing his work and he's he's really chasing his his field of passion. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he was in the post-production of that and we did a bit of a behind-the-scenes thing too, which is cool about this. but So where are you at now? Where I'm at now is it's a really tricky stage, right? It's interesting talking about it. Um, because I finished my degree and then it was full-time, right? And I kept MJ until about end of last year and then I dropped that off and said, okay, 2019, there's nothing else but MPC, which is my, my brand, my business, and my freelancing. So my contracting and sole trading photography and video production was at the crux of my focus. Yeah. And that was exciting because I landed a big corporate job and I got really into corporate work which is a whole new field and I've done weddings as well by the way and didn't you've done everything really almost. didn't really didn't really crush that yeah uh, I'm, 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 I'm willing to admit I'm happy to admit like can, can you say quickly what was what was not <laughs> crushed about the wedding part um the extremely stressful and I take my hat off to the guys who who shoot wedding video out there yeah they are some geez like they really you know, they sweat, they drip, and and it's hard. I, I made some mistakes in the wedding game, and I found that it wasn't my style. It just Wouldn't wasn't my style. No, and uh, my post-production process was not efficient enough. Uh, I just, yeah, I was how, not... How many weddings did you do before you sort of figured out? Well, funny to say that, I actually interned for a guy in when I was 17, did about eight there, but I was just second shooting. And then myself, I've done three, booked through me. And I've second shot again for a couple of mates, but no, I'm strictly out of weddings because... That's good. I guess it's good to, to, to narrow your niche. That is the number one tip that I would give to anyone is that that's what I'm... This year, the biggest learning curve is that 
you know, specialization is key. Yeah. You need to know what you want to do, what you want to specialize in, premium area, and have the courage to say no to everything else, even if there's a big paycheck to it. So I mean, you don't believe in getting a wide range of experience and narrowing down? I do. That okay. was important. So you do, okay. But once you've done that, you find what you want to do. You find your, I like to say the word specialization instead of niche, but you find that niche and then work that you know is going to stress you out. If your heart rate goes up just by reading an inquiry or an email, that don't do know, it. Don't do it. Yeah. It's going to impact on your health, which happened to me. Uh, this corporate client though in Sydney was very, very incredible for me. Um, they're an IT, global IT company. They've got over 160 offices around the world. And they took me all around Asia, New Zealand, all around Australia, and um, doing testimonial client stories yeah. for their clients. So essentially that's putting their clients on camera, talking about their services and why the collaboration is so good. It's a great tool for, it's a great marketing tool. Um, and then their budgets got a bit tight and they um, had to kind of ease off that in about eight March. And um, we did about from October to yeah, February, March is when we kind of had all those projects. And they recently hit me up to do it. Did you see this coming in advance? Are you able to prepare for it? Uh, not really. Um, when I look back though, if I didn't have that client, I would have been pretty screwed. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have much other work besides them. So it was very lucky. Did you have to turn down other work in that time as well? Uh, no. Okay. I so didn't. you're continuing at your normal rate of, yeah. of, of work. High pace, yeah. Yeah. Which was dangerous for health for health reasons, but also quality control. Yeah. You know, quality control is important. I think you can make, let's just use a commercial as an example. You can shoot eight commercials a month, right? And they might be good enough, but you might be pushed to the point of like breaking point, you know, stress, no sleep, etc. Well, that might be surplus plus eight, right? 15, let's say 15. Or you could do five and earn the same amount as the 15. You've got to learn who you choose and how you charge. Mm -hmm. And that way the work will be better and you'll feel better about it. And you won't burn yourself to the point where you actually question what you're doing and whether you even want to be in that field anymore. Yeah, that's fair. So yeah, that's when I went off on this big travel journey experience to kind of find my creative calling again so i bought a three thousand dollar underwater housing from one of my cameras flew to sumatra indonesia for two weeks where i had a motorbike accident i saw that yeah are you <laughs> what, uh, are you just, just i was right i'll show you the scars later yeah. i saw the video you like just absolutely cooked it yeah i got i got, I got wrecked <laughs> slammed. did you get that insurance no, I didn't have to go. Like, this where it was. I was in... Anyone that knows Krui? Seven hours in from Bandalumpung, which, to explain that, is three at, three flights from Brisbane. So you fly to Bali, then yeah. you fly to Jakarta, and then you fly to Bandalumpung, and you take a, a car if you Why like so it. remote? Like, what, what were you looking for out the there? The surfer? I am not, personally. I love the surf. I've grown up with the surf. I'm actually a, I'm actually a booger. What's that mean? A bodyboarder. Okay. <laughs> I've grown up bodyboarding, but I, I shoot the surf. Okay, yeah. Yep. So that's another passion in, in high school. I was I had a little underwater housing for that G1X yeah. power shot. I was shooting in the surf and so the here, GoPro. Here you are in um, Sumatra, I think, and you can 
Yeah, man. Like the footage uh, released a film called Banana Island. Yeah. Um, which was pretty close to my heart. I thought that was another like um, mission trip or something that you were doing. No, that was all funded through. Well, it was funded through myself, but it was sponsored by a lovely lady called Amy. Mm-hmm. Amy's place. She's a, a host in Smarcha, surf host. So she does accommodations over there. You only go to Smarcha if you're surfing. That's the surf spot. It's where the waves hit, right? Because that's if you look at the ocean, like that's where the little reef swell is. Um, and that's where the, a lot of the pros go and train there and a lot of the comps there. So, um, yeah, that was the goal there. I went with my mate, Harry, and yeah, it was just incredible. Um, not the best start, like with the accident and my phone was stolen the second day, plus gastro. So it was a rough start, Yeah. but I, I captured it a whole lot and I was just out there just capturing as much as I could. Yeah. Um, came just to re sort of spark the creative spirit that you have. Well, yeah, you could say that, but also... Looking back on it in reflection, it was a little bit of an escape at the same time. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm open about this because I was not in the best headspace um, due to a few external reasons. Um, yeah, losing a friend and having a really bad breakup. And I just was in a bad space and I thought traveling would, would release that. And, and so, yeah, then I came back from Sumatra and immediately I, I had the drop tour. So I was off to Torquay down in Geelong um, and we, Simon was also with me working really hard. He's helped me so much on that. He was doing Manly and Cooley and then I did um, Margaret River over in WA. South Africa, you've seen what's happening and obviously, you know, growing up in, in your family, does that give you more of a drive to be really successful at this photography thing or... Could you see yourself maybe working somewhere else and also doing photography at the same time? You know, like I guess what I'm trying to say is, is this this is the only path for you, and is this what what is your drive to succeed in this? So that's been the question for this year. I'd say I've been a big learning yeah. learning curve, a big learning stage, and, I, and I, it derives from when I returned from South Africa and. I was even doing work over there, which is just really unsettling. You're on this holiday and you're trying to still, you're on your emails, you're trying to still edit and liaise with clients. And I got back and I was just, I was burnt out again. And it was, yeah, I had a really bad run in uh, with anxiety and and a bout of depression. And it was really challenging. Um, This time was, was a lot harder than I'd previously experienced. And yeah, I was just completely lost, you know, in terms of wasn't eating, wasn't sleeping. Um, didn't really know what I was what I was doing and I completely dissociated myself with everything and everybody and um, that, it's a long story but that was about three months of that um, challenging time and yeah. um, and through that yeah I just I, I, I learned how important it is to be open about mental health uh-huh. um, it's a real real issue and the rates are just growing faster and faster um, I've lost a friend this year to suicide wow. and I think it's a very a very sensitive word or grim word should I say when, when you get when it gets brought up you know people shy away from it and that's understandable um, but I think we need to when you get to the point where we can just mature and understand the importance of talking to each other about our well-being because you know, there are these terrific days like Are You Okay Day and, you know, World Suicide Prevention Day. 
And these have been recently. I mean, we're in October right now. Yeah. This is World, Prevent- World Suicide Prevention Month. There's been a lot more awareness lately. Yeah. What's interesting about that is that the rates are even higher. <clears throat> so you see all this awareness and there's still all this going on. And um, for me, running really saved my life, man. Like, oh. and um, my mates and family. Without them, like, I know I think about people who don't have that, people who don't have close family, intermediate, or friends. And I just wonder, like, how are they coping, you know, during, through that experience? And so with the running, yeah, it really helped me, you know, if you can get out and exercise, it changes the physiology of your brain. It really does help, as well as seeking help. So but, how do you, how do you yeah. find that with um, having to maintain your, your, your professional work? Yeah, so I pretty much took a full break. Like I, I took a full sabbatical from work. I was off work. I turned down some pretty big jobs actually, because I I couldn't I couldn't do them. Uh-huh. I just my health wasn't there, and so I was off work for about three months. And um, the thing about that, it's really interesting, right? So at the time, you think you're never going to get through this. There's there's no blue sky behind the clouds, right? And you think that you're never going to be successful again you're never gonna how am i ever gonna get back into it but it's actually interesting because you're being productive in a different way see we're so pressurized to be productive all the time like in this fast paced society right you've got a productivity is number one uh-huh. goal but sometimes in those times you're being productive in in yourself in finding your strengths and actually what you as a person need to give to this world and that was definitely definitely a big test for me and I found being open about my experiences was really the reason I got through it because I was able to use it to help others into what in the struggles that they're going through and so running led to me flying down to Sydney and I I competed in the city to surf which is 14k by myself I just flew down ran it and then I did the bridge to Brisbane and I started a GoFundMe for Are You Okay? Raised seventeen hundred dollars. Nice. And I did all that not to like, you know, prove or you know anything. Like I haven't posted that and stuff. But not fluff your own feathers no. or anything. Yeah. But then I lost my friend, and it was like, how can that happen when I'm doing all this? Like I'm doing all this awareness, and then this happens. And in in the time of you know, Are You Okay is is loud right now. It's all over the place. And it got me thinking that, you know, I felt quite down about that. I thought, oh, I can't, I couldn't have helped. Why couldn't I have helped? Why couldn't have I have prevented something? And so, yeah, for me, it, it became imperative to put it out there. there was, I had to drop all shame and all pride. Not that there is any pride involved, right? But any, like, perceived pride or... Shouldn't say the word shame, sorry, because there's absolutely no shame in talking bit about of, it. It's stigma. Yeah, but there is people have like a, um, I'd say an unrealistic or or made up shame associated with it that is completely BS. It is just completely wrong, man. And and that is what I went out to do because a lot of people, to be honest with you, have looked at me and thought, well, what could he complain about? And yeah, he's killing it. He's got a great family he's got good friends he's got a good network he's doing what he loves etc etc he's you know he's not injured physically like or anything but it, it can affect anyone 
And so for me to be a beacon, I think with my following, it was really important to put that out there. And I got great response as well. Yeah, and so that, that's definitely led me to finding out, to answer your question, sorry, to finding out what actually is my true calling. And I needed to really hone in on my strengths, look into what are my actual strengths, what do people know me for, and then what is gonna, what's attached to that? Like what, what careers, what paths, along with my interests and, and like areas of, you know, of passion, what path will use that, will use those strengths. Sure. Yeah. And so right now I found... It's, I just, it's a journey that you're going on. Exactly. And yeah. I discovered recently that those strengths are teaching, oh. coaching, um, and just essentially human interaction. Mentoring as well. Yeah. That's really sure. good. That's really good. Yeah. So human interaction was the number in, one. In, in photography or just, you know, in whatever capacity that you can offer those services? I'd say both. Okay. Yeah. 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 Are you are you working on anything in particular right now? Any any project? Yeah. So yeah. yeah so so um, just to explain. So I finished the drop tour and then had that. Sorry. What was it? The drop. Yeah. So the drop festival tour. It's right. in partnership with WSL, mm-hmm. and did a big world surfing league. Yeah. That's hey, it. Yeah. Just guess that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's um, that was also a like a four month project, and then I had this big corporate. Um, conference that I did and that, then I had that that sabbatical about three months so it was about August time that things kicked off again and I was just straight back into it shooting for a lot of corporate clients again um, how do you find the corporate gigs I love it man yeah um, do I they love... ever stop your creativity and what you can produce no they okay. actually love me it's the opposite in some way and you think well, how like it's because brand ideas brand guidelines I've got to stick to identities yeah so that is fair and so sometimes yes sometimes there are those restrictions but the great part of corporate work and it's a broad term but i mean you know any organization that is in sort of any field that's non-creative right they put their trust and their investment in you and they trust your direction and your storytelling as well as your physical abilities to shoot and edit right so they want you to make those calls on the intro, what it looks like, the arc, everything. And they generally never make changes besides a logo or a text or something, right? Sure. Because they love it. They, they want to, they're paying you to make use... Make them seem cooler than they are. Exactly. And so like... There's nothing wrong with that. So some of the big like corporate names, you know, I was shooting for a lot of like the big four accounting firms and, and yeah, firms you're like, what? You know, and but they're all needing videos now because market, it's the number one marketing tool. Yeah. Yeah, so jump straight back into that and events, man. Events just came flooding back again. Yeah. And I. Yeah. What sort of events? So, um, anything from like balls, uh, did like the Jensen Girls Ball, and um, yeah, just like a lot of mid mid year balls, um, like VIP launches, openings, like restaurant openings and cafe openings, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. One that you were at recently. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Yolk. 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 So yeah, a lot of those. Are you enjoying that sort of stuff, or are, are you are you still figuring it out? Still figuring it out. Yeah, true, I, I got to be careful because I don't want to like put off clients. That no, absolutely not. This, absolutely but, not. But am I enjoying it? Like not entirely. Yeah. And that's not to say that I, I'm not putting in my hundred percent. I'm just when I started accepting work again. Yeah. I was feeling great. You know, was mentally and physically fit, and I was putting in the the work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, it took like one month, and I was already like. 
you know, what am I doing? Yeah. And that's just frustrating. How do you, how do you maintain the passion for photography then? Well, I just got frustrated because, you know, you see agencies popping up every corner. These and, days. and that's what's going to ask you as well. Like, yeah. every, it seems like, like, no offense, but it seems like now everybody can be a photographer in, in a way or, yeah. or do video. Or everyone can think they do photography or video. So how, how are you making sure that you're not just, you know, relationships, another guy with yeah. an Instagram communication, relationships, right. yep. rapport. So I feel same if you job interview, if you gave a job to someone and you interviewed five candidates, they're all going to have similar capabilities and traits, but you're going to connect the most with one, right? Out of the group. That's and right. whoever you connect with, you know, there's, there's a difference between friendliness and making friends and actually connecting on like a deeper level with someone. And um, that's what I love to do. So, which is the reason why um, I got a lot, a, lot, a lot more frustrated with my work because I was moving into a lot of corporate video, which involves a lot of tedious editing. So after my, um, you know, rough patch in that burnout, I came out of that and I was like, that's right, that's it. I'm, I'm completely revamping my business. I'm doing my website again, redoing everything and I'm stripping my whole office out and I'm going to renovate it. And I just went to Bunnings <laughs> and I cut all this pine wood up and built this big round 90 degree angle desk, got all the new gear and everything and set the whole thing up, plants, you name it, everything. It took me a whole week. And I was like, dope, that's it. And two weeks in, I was like, <sighs> you know, kicking myself again. Like, oh. yeah. And it's like, Okay, I need another hit of something. It's like a cycle. Yeah. And the reason, I, f I found out the reason. For me, it was because I was on my own every day. Like, my, the people that I live with at home, they wake up, you know, sparrows, six, seven. They go to work. They come... Sparrows. Sparrows hour. Okay. <laughs> they, they go to work. They come home at like 6 p.m. I wake up, say 8, 8.30, get up, breakfast, whatever, morning routine. I get into my office. I edit. I'm at home all day on my own and then people listening go ah, get over it Matt come on we all wish we could yeah. work from home yeah you, know, you work for yourself it's the dream yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah okay but if you do that every day for months you will begin to start talking to your Jack Russell like I did <laughs> <laughs> and and so like I needed that human interaction yeah which led me to go back to MJ which also was a sustainable you know stable income yeah awesome and i loved retail's it retail's providing like an outlet exactly for, for human look up to retail dress dress up because feel good right yeah because you go to work a lot of people think after a while oh i have to dress up go to work it's like when you work for yourself you just work in like sometimes you just stay in your pajamas and it's bad man I, I worked from home two days this week and i honestly did not put on clothes until i had to mm -hmm. you know and not to call myself out but i had a video meeting and i literally had boardies and then I put on like, like a shirt and jacket on, hmm. but I had boardies and like my, 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 my house shoes on. Yeah. It was, it was like so surreal. But That's it. Yeah. I couldn't, after that, I was like, I, I need to go back to the office tomorrow. Yeah. So, I so it would be like, five, let's say a five day work week, right? One yeah. of those five I'd be shooting mm. and the other four would be editing. So four days of just isolation. I was like, oh, I can't do this anymore. And I, I didn't, I haven't, I haven't quit. <laughs> I'm still shooting. I'm still doing it. I'm not giving up. But I'm definitely pursuing something interesting that I can't really talk about right now. That's cool. But That's uh, cool. I'll talk to you about it afterwards. But, but, but you get, you're, you're doing something else as well in addition yeah. to, to what it is. Yeah. So you, 2020, you'll see a new, a, a new avenue mm -hmm. that involves people, involves yeah. um, a lot more interaction. And um, yeah, just following my strengths, which, um, you know, Myers-Bridge Myers test 
is a really Myers Briggs. Myers Briggs. I think that's what it is. It's Myers Briggs. The G. We have Google right here. <laughs> anyway, those ty- I didn't do the Myers Briggs. That sounds so sponsored right now. Sponsored by Squarespace. <laughs> but um, it's, spon- it's a Squarespace. Those type sponsor. of courses, for example, yes. or you can just talk to your friends and family and find out what makes you you. I know it sounds cliche, but it's legit, man. Like, find out what you're good at. Find out what your strengths are. And I'm not talking about craftsmanship, right? Like a, a plumber's good at fixing toilets, right? Yeah. But what is he actually, what is, what's inside? Like, and then find what attaches to that, what is paired or complemented with that. And you will strive and you will enjoy that. Could you see yourself doing this in like 20, 30 years time? Or will Matthew be like some corporate lawyer in the city no. who talks about I used to be a photographer or something no no not you no at way. all no I would no, be awesome. if to be honest with you if yep. it was something I would be a teacher I'd be a school teacher you're empathetic I think you've got it so that's that's one of the the, the, the paths mm-hmm. yeah hey just quickly on a final note as well can we talk about your velocity million pints <laughs> <laughs> what was that about? Oh, Does, have you still got a million points from Velocity? Nah, man, I spent those. How did you spend a million points? <laughs> okay, it's not a million, it's half a million. Well, it was a million. But, but they me and Chop Dre. Chop Dre? Shout out, Chop. Andre Fisher. Yo, yo. Chop Dre. Sven. <laughs> Sven is his name. Yeah. It's an alter ego. Otherwise, Chop Dre or Andre Fisher. Yeah. And I. This was Mr. Oh Hello at one point. <laughs> Started this year. Yep. It was actually end of last year, Christmas time. We gymmed together at that time. We were at the same gym. And we were both flying a lot because I was flying a lot for this corporate client down in Sydney. And I was flying Virgin. They always booked Virgin. And I had a, I had a Velocity account. I just really quickly, yeah. um, I also always fly Virgin just in case. And I was yeah. for a sponsor. Yep. Virgin is the best. Thank you. If you Richard want Prince. baggage... If you want no issues, they're just really good, man. Just Bruh, so comfortable. Honestly, I love the colors. I mean, I mean, I also take Qantas if I had to, to be honest. But mm, yeah, just I started with Virgin. Dollars. Yeah, but let me just say the one reason that I flew Virgin from the start, and this is you look at any production crew, you look at any music crew. Uh, if you ever see like a band touring, they'll be with Virgin because Virgin cater to heavy equipment, creative industries, and things like that. Heavy equipment, yeah. They're also the um, official um, like travel partner for the AFL right yes they yeah. Are. yeah I've seen so those guys in the lounge all the time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, actually yeah that's something I noticed yeah but sorry go on yeah um, last year we were at the gym and we were just working out and Andre you know he's, he's all on he's on to the latest he's always on the latest he's like man have you pop seen pop culture fanatic yeah, he is and he's like have you seen this virgin competition this virgin it's called the Earns Ambassador program I said nah man I don't enter comps you know so my mum does <laughs> Cuts out the coupons. I mean, I've entered comps, but I've never won. I've never been. I've never been someone to win. It's not that hard. I've won across country once in like middle school, but that's I won, it. I won um like five hundred dollars worth of stuff from Fresh Jive from Hit One Hundred Five back in the day. That's epic. Yeah, yeah. and then I just never movie win. tickets from the radio. <laughs> you know, I think if, if it's through the radio, I think which is why I like radio so much. If it's through the radio, I have a really good chance of winning. Um, but yeah, sorry, I keep distracting you. No, dude, no, no, it's funny. Like punting and everything, raffle tickets, I've never, I never win. Yeah. And I was just like, man, I don't have time, I'm so busy. Like, he's like, no, 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 like, check it out. You can win a million velocity points. And it's a video entry comp. And I was like, hmm, okay, let's have a look. And so 
it was like the next week later. He's like, have you had a look? And I was like, no, I haven't had a chance. He's like, you want to have a look at this. You should see this. And I was like, what? He's like, the entries suck. I was like, what? He's like, these are the video entries and the competition closes at the end of the month in January. And I was like, okay, we're onto something here. So I looked at the criteria. Now Virgin put out a full blown criteria. It's like going back to school stuff, full criteria, what they wanted to see, the creative direction. It was literally like a job, like a project that I get, like a style guide, everything, full rundown. <clears throat> and so I said, bring it on, let's do it. And we made a four episode TV, like not TV, because it wasn't on TV, but a four episode mini series of Sven, which is his character. Yeah. Let's check him out. And he's got made an Instagram account, everything, and dressed up, made a little Virgin microphone, Virgin Velocity microphone. And we ran, went around Brisbane interviewing people and spreading the word of Virgin and Velocity mm-hmm. and the program of the Velocity program and the benefits and perks of having Velocity, you know, everything from like, your flyby points coming over, all that stuff, and how you can build your your points. And um, we went hard, man, and I edited that thing for hours. I probably spent like 50 hours on that thing. True. And I was at the end, and I was like, man, this better do all right. And Dre even went down to Sydney. When he was in Sydney next, he even went into the head office and was like, yo, what's up? Just wanted to like say hi, I'm Sven. <laughs> Just to drop his name in there, right? We were certain that we were going to win. And I was in Indo, and I'd lost my phone. That's what really sucked, right? Oh, right? I never got to post it. But I was in, you know, I'd lost my, my phone had been stolen. And so I had my laptop though. And I connected to the Wi-Fi. And there's like all these notifications and stuff. Because I mean, my, my Facebook and ages. And it's a message from Chokra. He's like, just caps lock. Like, can't repeat some of the words. But he's like, you know, we won. We won the million. And so the week later, Virgin um, split it and transferred 500,000 points into both our accounts. Did you think there could be like a, an opportunity for you to maybe do more work with Virgin there? Yes. Yes, we, we looked into this because we had such a hit up. We had over 200 comments, over 10,000 views. We had like a thousand likes on this, man. We had a big reception. It was reception. awesomely done. And that's and I'm, why... I'm going to put a link to it as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's why we won because part of the criteria was social engagement. Oh, dude. And, it. and like when you think about it, they needed... It's actually really smart what they were doing, right? Their marketing team were getting everyone else to market their brand. So, I mean, what's a million the, points? There are so many crazy marketing campaigns out there that just literally, if we just get user-generated content, yeah. we don't have to do any of the work ourselves. We exactly. just have to put it within the guidelines of our brain, come up with the idea and let people like um, essentially source our content for us. Exactly. That's so cool, man. Yeah. Mate, thank you so much for being on board with this. Of course. Thank you for having me, man. All well, done. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Um, appreciate it. You have me on board. Sorry, I spoke so much. No, nah, it's all good. That's what I expect from Matt Chill anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Thank you so much. Love. Of course. Until next time. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs>